podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to AI Scouted on Anfield Index. I'm Dave Hendrick, joined as always by Mr. Carl Matchett. How are you, sir? Dave, the last football match I watched was still Liverpool v Brentford. How do you reckon I am? <laughs> well, I decided to just bin off last night's games uh, because I was still fucking furious about what had happened in the Brentford game. And uh, I'd done... The Daily Red yesterday, and Lisa Marie DM'd me on Twitter saying that I sounded suicidal on the Daily Red, and then told me that at least the Everton result would cheer me up, and I had no idea what was going on, so I checked, and Everton were losing 4-0 at home to Brighton. So it did cheer me up a little bit. But today, Sam Wallace in The Telegraph has pissed me off royally with his article, which basically is a Follow on from what we heard Jamie Carragher say post-match on Monday night uh, regarding the influence, the growing influence of Pep and Linders. Not only it would seem in the tactical approach, the preseason, but also in terms of recruitment and how he is having more influence on the players we buy and the type of players we buy. And this is something Carragher had alluded to. Now, for those who don't know or aren't aware, Amy Carragher is a columnist for The Telegraph. Sam Wallace is not a Liverpool reporter. He is a Manchester-based reporter who largely focuses on United and City, but is a kind of a national reporter as well. But my guess, Carl, is that Kara was at least one of the sources used in Sam Wallace's reporting. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, Sam Wallace is, um, is the chief football writer, so he's just across all big stories, basically. Uh, that's that's his purview is whatever you want, which is of big enough to, to justify his attention, really. So I wouldn't say that there's lots in the Wallace piece which is definitive. Like, there's there's obviously a lot in there which is... Um, suggestive or suggested or mentioned that might be the case or that sort of thing. But I wouldn't say that there was a huge amount of, you know, definitive statement in there. That's that's probably the first thing. You know, the only quotes is like, like you mentioned, the character from Sky, which, you know, he said probably off the cuff, live, live TV, that sort of thing. And again, that was just like a, a wondering rather than anything specific or, um, let's say, factual. So know how much to read into this it does say like one of the one of the lines if we just read that is the signings do demonstrate the scope of linda's influence at the club and the suggestion there or what what's actually said there is that he 
is able to have more of a say on people who we do or do not want, or who he at least does or does not want. Um, there's, a, there's a particular line in there which I, I nearly threw up my breakfast reading that said Liverpool were the offered the chance to sign Christopher Nkunku and uh, yes. both manager and assistant manager declined. Um, it doesn't say why. This, is, I think, is, is an important thing. It doesn't say if it was because they wanted Darwin Nunez and there was only money for one. It doesn't say if because they didn't like his performances or, or how he approaches the game or didn't think he would be a good fit. There's no detail of any kind. So, And it, no. it goes on to say, you know, by the time we now had injuries in the, in the forward line in the new year, and Kunku's already got an agreement. So, again, is that relative to the fact that we might have gone for him, but it wasn't the right timing, or they just didn't want him at all? It doesn't really go into any detail there, and it certainly doesn't say anything of the sort that Linders has an overall say or has more say than somebody else at the club or anything like that. So I think at the moment it's probably partly because there's talk about Linders, that there's another article about him, if you get what I mean. Sometimes, you know, news and media cycles do follow this lead. There is talk about someone somewhere, so then there's a follow-up piece on it. Whether or not that is bringing anything specific or new or good or bad or anything at all, it's the fact that there is a conversation to be had. So I don't read loads into this article from this morning, other than... Kunku thing, which again, there's no there's no clarity about it as such. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, in the summer we tried to buy Chuameni and Darwin. That was the plan, so that would suggest that there was money there to buy both Enkunku um, and Nunes if we had wanted to do that. And you know, given we have changed the shape somewhat, somewhat seriously. Given Harvey Elliott, when playing as the right-sided midfielder, seems to have the freedom of the park to go and do whatever he wants, and Jordan Henderson does exactly the same, and neither of them contribute anything defensively, surely there was a case that Nkunku in that role would offer significantly more, at least in the attacking side, even if it was a case where he was playing as a right-sided eight, but had freedom to play it almost as a ten, Surely that would have been a clever thing to do because this is a very, very good player who would have fit in with, with what we look to do. Um, there are a few things in the article that concern me. I mean, just the idea that an assistant manager would have a say on a £60 million transfer, that, that concerns me. I don't think he should have any say in recruitment. He is the assistant manager. His job is to do what Jurgen Klopp tells him, nothing more than that. If Jurgen is giving him more power than that, then that's Jurgen's fault. Um, there's also the piece about Matthias Nunes. Now, I know for a fact that Linders was not the one behind Matthias Nunes and our interest in him in the summer. Quite the opposite. Linders blocked that deal, or Linders and Klopp blocked that deal in the summer. So. That part isn't true. The article is quite strange in some ways. Like, it seems to make a bit of a deal about the fact that Linders regularly takes first-team training. Linders always takes first-team training. That's his job. There, there was, an, an there was just shades of um, 
Not not to the same extent, obviously, but shades of uh, air conditioning Michael Edwards article in this, wasn't there? Just in terms of like, just in terms of things like you know, like the training sessions. Like this is like not news, and this is completely normal, and this is completely normal at most clubs. You know, there was a little bit of that in it. I thought it was almost as if it was saying without saying he's responsible for the fact that Liverpool don't run as much. Liverpool play a different way without actually saying that and I mean look the the way we play right now is nothing like a Jurgen Klopp team circa Mainz, Dortmund and Liverpool 2015 to 2020 it's very much like the NEC team that Linders managed in mixed circumstances in the Netherlands. So maybe maybe that's what it was aimed to do. And obviously we, we can't confirm that Jamie Carragher was the uh, the source behind it or one of the sources, but he certainly has a relationship with Sam Wallace through the newspaper. Sam Wallace rarely writes about Liverpool, but this was the second article in 24 Hours that had his name on it regarding Liverpool, the first being a piece with John Percy the day before, suggesting that we have an agreement with likely the player himself, Matthias Nunes, and his agent, George Mendes, to sign him in the summer, having let him go to Wolves last last summer. And it also like specified a price of £44 million, which kind of makes me think that this is something that might exist um what what would you what would your view on that be given we we just let him go to wolves this past summer despite our blatant need for a midfielder then turn around and buy him for six million more 12 months later really really bizarre honestly this is such a weird structure weird agreement weird everything i mean where is the where i know it says we have an agreement or a commitment to go back in for him but in what in the contract that wolves have with him Uh, there's nothing that's really been completely clear about that the only thing i would say about this is it appears to me that a a particular agent is going to get about i don't even know how much i don't even want to think about how much but two very significant paydays to to allow him to to move to one club to then move to the other club in the space of 12 months. It's a a very strange all-round deal. I mean, I don't honestly know where the benefit for Wolves is in this, unless that, you know, a a marginal profit for a player, they're only going to get to play. Mendes happy, maybe? Sorry? Keeping George Mendes happy? Yes, probably that. But I mean, in terms of the actual structure of Wolves and the management of Wolves and even the team building of Wolves, I mean... You know, if you're sitting there and you're someone like Nervous and you're watching someone come in and be allowed to leave straight away again with summers of rumours about your potential departure to, you know, to Man United one year, to Liverpool another year, I'm not sure that's conducive to anything at all in terms of the actual team and, and no. you know, a manager coming in like Lopetegui be told that you've got this player only until the end of the season and next year we might bring in another player who might go to another club a year later and you know you've got to... It just doesn't make a lot of sense really, but... You know, whatever, we've seen plenty of weirder deals, I suppose. Um, it's it's not quite on the Tevez and Mascherano level of, of oddness, but not far off it, I wouldn't say. 
that's that's kind of what it reminded me of is is the Tevez Mascherano to West Ham thing, um, where it was an agent that facilitated that move. It was a move that surprised a lot of people because said player was linked with significantly bigger clubs in Nunez's case, us and Manchester City. And it, yeah, from a Wolves point of view, outside of making a small profit and keeping Mendes happy, thus keeping the pipeline of talent that he controls uh, flowing through Molyneux, it doesn't really make sense. Because if you're, if you're Julian Lopetegui and you're looking to build a team... Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well... Over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. How do you build around a player if you know he's leaving? I mean, I know they've got a couple of others in that boat. Like you mentioned, Ruben Neves, he's probably going to go in the summer. It's, it's time Adama Traore, Lopetegui's spoken about him and he'd like to keep him, but he's out of contract in the summer and probably leaves. It is just a very strange situation and it does seem a little bit like Wolves have sort of been used as a middleman without really having much control over their own their own actions. Um, I, I really like the player. I, I think he's a very, very good player. I think he'd fit very well in our team. I think the fit with him and Jude doesn't. Would, wouldn't be immediately doesn't. good. But no, but I, I think he can be. I, I think he could play the left-sided role if we wanted to get back to being a more all-action midfield. I think he could play the left-sided role because he is better in deeper areas. But yeah, ideally, he plays the right-sided role and like a Moises Caicedo plays the left-sided role. That, for me, is how you replace... Henderson and Wijnaldum and go back to that type of midfield. Um, if, if you go with with Jude and Nunes, I do think whoever you line up to succeed Fabinho has to also have... I think it has to be someone more along the lines of a Bruno Gomerish or an Enzo Fernandez, who obviously are, are naturally more eights, but can play that number six position as a controller as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I still, to be honest, think that we need to sort out a slightly different alteration or alignment in midfield before we keep worrying too much about which players we want to sign because regardless, I think, of which players you plug in at the minute, it's still not going to be protecting the defence and protecting the team in transition play and against counter-attacks and all that as well as we should be at the moment. I think... You know, whichever players we sign, there still has to be a, an adjustment in midfield, either positionally when we're in possession or who recovers where out of possession when we lose it. Because at the minute, 
Look, I, could, I think you could put Real Madrid's long-standing three in there, playing the same way we do now, we'd still get cut open. There has to be changes in our approach mm. as much as personnel. 100%. 100%. And that's kind of what I mean, to get back to the team that we were and the style that we had, rather than whatever it is we think we're doing right now, um, that's where I'd be looking at you know, Nunes and, and Caicedo. Um, either side of, you know, you, you could work it with Fabinho for sure. I, I think that would work absolutely fine. So here's my hot little take that I've shared on Twitter. If we're going to go and buy Jude and Nunes, I think those fees combined, when you consider add-ons and whatever else for Jude, it's probably going to run towards 170 million for the two of them. And I don't think that's a good use of our funds. Because I don't think that solves our midfield problems. I still think... I think right now, as things currently stand, we need two midfielders. With the current group we have, I think we need two. And when Naby goes, he needs to be replaced. And when Ox and Milner go, we need someone else to replace them. Because we've been over the group before. Henderson is finished. Elliot's not a midfielder. Carvalho's not a midfielder. I maintain and will maintain Curtis Jones needs to go on loan and play 35 games a season somewhere, starting regularly. To well, get his... You don't want to go through all of these right now because that's what we're doing on the pod. Yeah, you know, we'll come to that. <laughs> but, you know, what I'm saying is I think, I think we're going to need four midfielders between this window and the summer. I think we need four to have a properly functional unit. Those four new players plus Thiago plus Fabinho because they're still absolutely good enough to play, and Henderson because he's the club captain and no one's going to take him on two hundred grand a week. That would be the seven I'd be looking at for next season. So rather than spending one hundred and seventy million on Jude and Nunes, despite the fact I think they're both really really good and I think Jude could be special, I would rather go and buy Caicedo for you know. 60-65 Manu Kone from Gladbach for in and around 35 Manuel Ugart from Sporting for around 35 and Yunus Musa it doesn't even have to be those four but those four types of players aggressive endless energy all winning, tactical assurance positional discipline switched on players who you can mould into whatever it is you want to mould them into. I think that collective group, while not as shiny and star-studded as Nunes and Jude, is a much better use of our funds and sets us up much better for the next 10 years. Because the four I mentioned, three of them are 2001 born, so they're 22 this year. And Eunice Musa was born in 2002, which makes him 21 this year. Like, that's what I would do. And Eunice Musa counts towards the homegrown quota, so he helps in that regard. Um, Jude doesn't, well, he wouldn't count next year. Jude won't count as a homegrown player for two more seasons after this. People keep saying, oh, well, it's important to buy him because the homegrown quota. He doesn't count for two more years. This season, the one that we're in right now, Curtis Jones doesn't count because for this season, 
it was players born before January 1st, 2001. So the likes of Caicedo bringing in now wouldn't count as a non-homegrown player. The likes of Jude brought in now wouldn't count as a homegrown player. Jude won't count until the 25-26 season as a homegrown player. Or 24, I think it's 25-26. Twenty-three, twenty-four. It'll be January first, born before January first, two thousand and two. Twenty-four, twenty-five. It'll be players born before January first, two thousand and three. And Jude is born in June two thousand and three, which means he won't count as homegrown until the twenty-five, twenty-six season. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to list all the players. So the fact that he's not a homegrown player. Doesn't matter while his age is okay as such. Um, you know, under under twenty one in the list, so you don't literally need him to be a homegrown player. But I suppose for the longer term, yeah, we do want some of those players. But I don't think that that can even be remotely considered uh, a key factor at the minute for signing or not signing any player. I think if you're looking for Liverpool to stay competitive and Liverpool to stay. Uh, challenging for major trophies and all the rest of it, it's very, very much got to be about players for positions at this point. And, you know, for your depth options, maybe then you start to look at the the uh, the homegrown quotas and all the rest of it if you need to still. But first and foremost, don't sign Jude because he's homegrown and don't not sign him because he's not homegrown or anything at all like that. I think. No, uh, that's the thing. Like, you don't pay premiums on player just cause players because they're homegrown players. That's how you end up buying Harry Maguire for £80 million. Your your homegrown quota, your seven. Well, you, it's not even that. It's but you, you can't have more than seventeen non-homegrown players. Is basically the the truth of it. But you know, your two goalkeep backup goalkeepers, second and third choice, they can both be homegrown. Your backup left back can be a homegrown player if we, if we shift Costas. You know, one of your backup centre backs, whatever. You, you don't have to have big English players costing big amounts of money just to fill some stupid quota. That's a nonsensical thing to look at. Um, Right. So we're in agreement that the whole Nunes thing is weird, that the Sam Wallace thing, while shining a light on Linders, doesn't give us a whole lot of detail that wasn't really known. And maybe, maybe is the start of... More information coming out. Who knows? Uh, it's certainly notable that you know Julian Ward is leaving and the Ian Graham is leaving, and whether or not they're connected to to this growth in power of Linders, who knows? But it's it's kind of implied in that article. Like you said, it's a little bit like the, uh, the air conditioned offices and the laptops, as if you know most. Offices aren't air-conditioned in, in the modern day. Um, it's just very strange. Let's, let's have a look at our current squad. Let's have a look at our current squad. And what I want to do is I want to go through everybody and do keep, sell, or loan. Now, I want you to take your Big J journalist hat off a little bit. And I want it to be, because normally, normally, you don't like to, to blow things up too much. So when we've gone through other clubs and, and fixed them, you're a little bit more 
kind to players than I am. You don't just <laughs> bin them off the way I like to do. But, you know, I, w- I want you to be a little bit more ruthless on this one. So we'll start yeah. with an easy one. We'll go through them based on their squad numbers. So we'll start with Alisson, and the last one will be Pitaluga, and we'll do everybody in between. So let's start with Alisson Becker. I would keep him even at the extent of needing to sell a big other player to keep him. Yes, and I would 100% agree. In fact, if I was to list all the players in terms of preference to keep, he would be top, without question, ahead of everybody else, including Virgil, Moe, Trent, the lot of them. He would be number one on my list to keep. So next up then is... Joe Gomez. I presume this is for summer rather than January, yeah? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I would sell if there were offers of 20 or more. And I would agree. Um, so Gomez... Yeah, and we should do that. If you're going to sell, what, what would be the price point that you would want? So you're saying 20 plus... Yeah. And I, I wouldn't sell Gomez for less because he does fill two roles for us now. Yes, and I mean, look, he, he's he's only 25. He'll turn 26, I think, in May. So he's still a young player with, with a lot of runway ahead of him. He can, obviously, he's a, he's a competent right-back. He can be a very good right-back when he gets a run. We know we've seen him be a very good centre-back, though it is a couple of years in the past. I do think there's... I think there's scope to get a good fee from him because of his age, because of... Well, his nationality will help because other clubs will value an England international and all that kind of stuff. I do think we could probably get, you know, maybe even 30, including some add-ons or even without add-ons. But yeah, I would sell him for around the same as you, around 20 plus. Um, Next on the list then is Fabinho. And I think this is an interesting one because I have seen some people suggest that maybe... With a hint of decline, he's only 29. Maybe you cash out and, and try and get a decent fee from him. But where would you stand on Fabinho? With three years still left on his contract, I would keep him. But I would want to see quite considerable signs across the rest of this season and obviously then next season that he was still capable of being very, very good. Because I don't think that you know, 29 years of age come the end of this season, that's not... That's not like his peak is so far into the sunset that he's just going to be crap from now on. He shouldn't be. He should still be very, very good. Even if your very finest peak years are 27, 28, it, it, there's not supposed to be a 60% drop-off in the next like season. So we would still expect to see a 90% good Fabinho, which is still better than 90% of other um, defensive midfielders. Exactly. Or anything out there. And you so, can protect him by... A, putting players either side of him that actually, you know, run and such. And B, having a quality alternate in the squad. So someone like a, a Manuel Ugarte who can come in, give you 20 starts a season across all competitions. And therefore you keep Fabinho a little bit fresher. And I think you'll get more out of him. I, I think we've gotten better performances since the World Cup break because he got to go and have a nice relax in Qatar, because he wasn't playing so much of the football. Um, so I, I do think we've seen a better fab in the last three appearances, and hopefully that will 
that will continue. Ayman asks, what fee would you require if you were to let Fabinho go? So say you, you've planned not to, but now someone's come in with a bid for him. Right, well, I would, I would take my benchmark as being Casemiro, who moved to Manchester United at 30, and he cost 60 million plus 10 in add-ons. Now, Casemiro is, I would say, a slightly better player than Fab, but he's also a player who has declined. Um, he also only had one year left in the on his contract. He only had the one year left in his deal. And I would say, no, so, no, he didn't, He because he'd extended it. I'm just looking at his Wikipedia. He extended it until 2025. He did have three years left. Um, but 60 plus 10, I mean, that's a lot of money. I, I would say I'd probably do 50. I'd probably have to consider it. Yeah, fair enough. But I would, I would want to keep it. Because the thing with Fab is... If Fab's legs go a little bit more and he can no longer really do the job in midfield, well, I've, I've watched Fabinho be an outstanding centre-back. When, when Virgil and Joe got injured, Fabinho, I think, was the best centre-back in the league for three months, playing next to Joel Matip. I thought he was outstanding in that run. And then he got hurt, obviously. And then he had a couple of shaky months, but he came back, roaring back at the end of the season in that a ten game run with with Ginny and and Thiago in midfield with him. So, um, yeah, I, I could definitely see him dropping into centre back in in a year or two as well, if need be. Not necessarily as a starter, but as a you know as a great squad option there. If he was our backup six and say our fifth centre back, I'd be happy enough. I'd be very happy with that. To be fair, um. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. I put this out on Twitter because somebody said it to me. Or didn't say it to me. They said it in a WhatsApp group I'm in. I don't really interact with it, but I read every so often just to see what people are saying. And uh, the question was, would you sell Virgil van Dijk in the summer, given his age, given the knee injury, and given the poor form this season, would he be one you'd consider cashing in on? I put it out on Twitter. The vast majority did say no, but I think it was like 12% said yes and 19% said depending depending on the price. Now, my answer would be no. Excuse me. My answer would be no because last season I thought he was the best centre-back in Europe and this season I, I thought he was poor in the first half, but it looked like he was playing within himself. 
I thought he looked better in the Leicester game and the Villa game than he had pre-World Cup. And against Brentford, obviously, he was having a, a shaky game, but it turns out he has a hamstring injury. He's clearly uh, exacerbated in that game. But I would say no on Virgil, but I, I'd be interested to see if you would and if, 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 if there would be a price point at which you'd consider it at least. I wouldn't sell him, no. And the price point I would consider is still probably 60, 70 million because I tell you what, I don't really see that many out there who are consistently good. No, That's no, neither do I. And the thing is, when I look at Thiago Silva, who at the very peak of his career wasn't anywhere close to the level of Virgil, Thiago Silva's 38 now and he's still playing regularly. So why am I giving up on Virgil when I can still have him on my team for a minimum of four, five, six more years? Because his game isn't pace-reliant. We can always change where our defensive line is. I'm very, very happy to keep Virgil for the long haul. Uh, This one is an automatic no for me. I would not sell Ibu Kanate for any price that you could name. I would sell Ibrahima Kanate if you're giving me Messi and first choice to 17 of the next players out of PSG's academy who they decide not to play and... I don't know. They they pay the agency fees for any more players that we want to get from Portugal. <laughs> so all the players we're going to buy. Yeah, no, he, he, he's. I think he's sensational. Uh, didn't have a, a great game against Brentford, admittedly, but looked like a fellow that hadn't played in a while. Um, Thiago Alcantara. I don't want to sell Thiago, but I would. I would sell Thiago based on two reasons. One, he wants to leave. Uh, he's done a, you know, a couple of years in England and has you know, decided he wants another thing to do or whatever in his career. Or two, we decide on a midfield structure and way of playing defensively, which he doesn't quite perfectly fit into. I think Thiago is probably the most high-class and high-caliber and technically gifted player at the club. And therefore, the only reason you would really not play him or not use him is if he doesn't tactically fit with exactly what you want to do. And if that is the case, then that's one of those difficult decisions that you have to make, I think. Not a, not a nice one or a good one, but for the betterment of the team going forward, it's one you should make. So, as I said before, when we're talking about which midfielders to bring in, you need to decide how Liverpool are going to play off the ball. On the ball, we're still fine. Like We're still... Not great, we're not at our top level, but we're still creating enough chances to score probably three goals a game at the minute. We're not, we're missing a lot of chances, but we're creating enough chances for it. And he's a big part of that. But defensively, we're shambles. You have to fix how you play off the ball. And if that entails playing a different way in midfield, if you want two really aggressive, powerful, tall, aerially proficient midfielders... Maybe then you have to make the decision what to do with Thiago, and that way you would have to sell him. I think there's plenty of ways to get around the problems that we have at the minute without doing that, without resorting to not having a Thiago type in midfield, and so I'd keep him. But like I said, it depends on which direction we take in midfield. Unless he asked to leave, there are no circumstances under which I'd want him to leave. I would fire Pep and Linders tomorrow and appoint Thiago as player slash assistant coach and allow him to oversee things because I think he's I, I think he's a footballing genius. So for me, I, I would keep him. Um, I would extend him. Our man is asking, would you offer him an extension? I would. I'd offer him an extension. I'd 
limit the games that he plays in. I don't think he needs to be playing 50 games a season, 40 games a season. I think he could play 20, 25 starts, have him off the bench, use him in certain games against the dross where you want uh, more creativity and control and ability to unlock things. And then if we're playing a team where we need, you know, big rangy monsters charging up and down the field, then you can sit him out but have him as an option for the last 20 minutes. I also think if you had, if you put him, I, I know it didn't work when they tried him there the first season he was here, but I think if you put him as the six, with say Manu Kone and Moises Caicedo either side of him, I do think that could work because you'd protect him a little bit more. He's he's a very good defensive player. The only issue is the mobility. Um, so, I, yeah, I'd be keeping him 100%. Yeah. The other thing with Diago is that at this point, we're still having to play game after game after game after game after game because our other midfielders are either crap, injured, out of form, or hideously misplaced in the system that we use. We shouldn't be at that stage at this point of team building. That's that's the bigger point here. Diago shouldn't have to be playing away to Brentford and maybe in the cup to Wolves and maybe then against Wolves in the league and all the rest of it. He should be... Not not rested and not left out every week. He's only thirty one, but he does have a history, obviously, and we should be able to protect that. Yeah, yeah, and like like it's Ali's just mentioned. You look at Luka Modric and Real have scaled back his minutes considerably. Luka Modric is thirty seven and still playing like you know one of the best players in the world. Thiago, for me, is every bit as good as Luka Modric has ever been, and I would look at that as the blueprint for what I'm going to do with him. Just keep him for certain games. When there's a big Champions League game or a big Premier League game and you want that extra little bit in midfield, yeah, absolutely. Um, this one is, isn't is keep, sell, loan. This one is extend or wave goodbye, uh, James Milner. It is yet again time for James Milner to depart. Yeah, it has been time for James Milner to depart for at least three years now. And in the words of late Claude from Arsenal Fan TV, it's time to go. So get out. Uh, Nabi Keita. Less, less of a stern boot out the door from me. No, a big boot out the window from me. Not even the door. He has his own door. But it's an internal door. You, he's, he's contractually not allowed to use any other doors. So he's got to go out the window. Um, extend or wave goodbye. Nabi Keita. Goodbye to Nabi Keita. I've had enough now. Yeah, me too. And it's not even just from our point of view. For him, I I want him to go and have his career. I think he's been poorly treated by the club at times. His injuries haven't helped. But the fact that, you know, he's been left out of the team against Brentford for Harvey Elliott, who's not a midfielder, and for many occasions last season, including the Champions League final, when he was having a really good season and someone else was playing like football was new to them, for him to be let, left out of that Champions League final, I would be, if I was him, refusing to even consider a new contract. So, Naby, on your bike, son, goodbye. Extend or wave goodbye. Roberto, Bobby, Drunk Bobby, Fun Bobby, Firmino. I'm signing Fun Bobby for another year. I am waving goodbye to Bobby. You're a brutal man. 
He's 32 soon. He's injury prone. He's getting more and more injury prone. He hasn't been good consistently since the year we won the European Cup. Enough is enough. I'm done. I know he's a club legend. But the reason we're in the mess we're in right now is because we've hung on to players past the point that we should have hung on to them. So, yeah, Bobby's, unfortunately, he's, of these that, the short contract ones, he's the toughest one. But I, for me, it's it's just time. Go and, go and wear your smoking jacket and your slippers in a league where you can stroll around and, and be great for the three years. Don't be running your ass into the ground for anybody else. Um, Mohammed Salah. I mean, keep. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fairly straightforward one. <laughs> I think this one's a straightforward one as well. Yeah, next keep, one. Next, keep move, on, move, on, move on, move on, move on, move on, move on. Extend or shoot, Adrian. Contribute to his plane ticket to Etis or Getafe or wherever he wants to go next. Yeah, exactly. I, I'll I'll pay for that myself. And thanks for the Super Cup. Oh, good luck. It is it is absolutely time to go. This one, I think, we're, we're almost certainly going to disagree. <laughs> but, but, forget that he's the club captain for a second. I'm, I try every week. As a footballer, Jordan Henderson keeps Sal alone. Keep. Get the fuck. <laughs> the only reason to keep him is because no one else will want him on the wages well, he's on and get that, that, crap that's, for two and a half years. That's one of the things I'm going to say. You're not going to get any bids for Jordan Henderson. You know, he's going to be 33 years of age to start the new season, unless it's like you know a Nottingham Forest for five million or something. Oh, that's like perfect. That. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Henderson, I, I, five million. Also, look, I'm looking at this. I'm assuming that there is, let's say, a fix for midfield, whatever that is, and I. Maintain. I would really like to see us play the the narrower four midfield and two up top, and that's part of the reason why I said keep Firmino as well. To be honest, I would think that if we're losing um, Milner, obviously we're losing Cater that we've both agreed to get rid of. I suspect there'll be at least another one or two from this squad along the way. We'll say to to, to offload as well. I think we need some continuity in terms of backup players. There's, there is no scenario where I say Jordan Henderson is a first. 15 player next season but I think that some continuity is important and I think that some familiarity is important and maybe maybe you know not having familiarity maybe familiarity not has, having... Carla has a sixth Here we sorry continuity and familiarity has a sixth no no no, 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 no that, that's not the type of continuity I'm talking about that's I'm not I talking know, about I know I know I'm thinking no. this. Oh, I, yeah, I, am, I have a, I have a dream though Carl I have a dream mm. So, here's how the dream works. Frank Lampard is, in a, in a blow to all of us, sacked as Everton manager. David Moyes is sacked as West Ham manager. David Moyes is hired as the new Everton manager. That's by the by. The West Ham job is open. West Ham see themselves as one of the big clubs in England and they'll want a manager with a with a bit of a track record, a bit of a name 
And what manager is more wanting to become a London manager with his false teeth and his suntan than Brendan Rodgers? And Brodgy strolls in to West Ham. And Declan Rice says, right, thanks now, I'm away off to Chelsea. And who does Brendan turn to to replace Declan Rice? Only Jordan Henderson. Six million, Brendan, and he's yours. That's five million for the club and a million for me for making it happen. That's the dream. Jordan Henderson and Brendan Rodgers at West Ham. Um, But yeah, you say keep, that's fine. Let's move on. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, extend or wave goodbye? (laughs) I keep trying to tempt myself into key box, but I suppose it is time for us and for him especially as well to go elsewhere if he wants to do stuff with the remaining years of his career. I I still see uses for Oxlade-Chamberlain, I'm not going to lie, but it's obviously just very, very difficult for him to get back into a regular pattern of playing with us, so I suppose he'll have to go. I love Ox. As a yeah, person, I, I think I think he's just one of the most genuinely good people you could ever hope to have at your football club. But he is now 29, and mm. he's been at the club since 2017. 141 appearances. You know, played his part last year, but it's been a long time since he was able to really nail down anything at all and I'd like to see him go and play regularly and get the best out of the last days of his career so for me it would be it would be a a farewell a fond farewell I'd actually have a tougher time letting him leave than Naby because I think Ox's personality in the squad could be quite important but his own good I think he needs to go I'm I'm willing to let him go but I'm offering him a one-year deal and if he agrees to sign it, I'm not taking it away. See, folks, I told you he was soft. I told yeah, you. Yeah. Right, we're going to disagree on this one as well. Curtis Jones. Staying. Absolutely not. A loan for Curtis Jones because he is not developing at all on the ball in his current role at Liverpool. He has improved off the ball, but he's not developed on the ball at all. And when you look at the other players... In his age group, um, the gulf between him now and them is enormous compared to what it was two years ago. Like, look at the difference between Curtis Jones and Jacob Ramsey. Jacob Ramsey isn't a more talented player than Curtis. He's a more dynamic player. But Jacob Ramsey is levels above Curtis right now because he's playing regularly. And I want to see Curtis play regularly. I wouldn't sell him unless an offer of... 30 million came in but I think loaning him for a year I think you could get back a really good player who could make see if you could loan him out if I could get him to Brighton or someone like that yeah that's what I mean Brighton even Brentford get him down to Thomas Frank Thomas Frank would have great fun with Curtis if I could get him to the right club on loan even for two years and two years might work better because you loan him for two years, and in two years Henderson's contract is up, and you wave goodbye to Brian and bring in Curtis, and you've upgraded another position in the team. I think he's got to go on loan. He has to play games. He has to play more games. It's not fair the way his career has been stagnated. I know he's at injuries, but even when he's fit, he, 
didn't play the back half of last season. Um, is it even worth mentioning Cody Gakpo? Would you sell Cody Gakpo? I mean, he could be our own version of Matthias Nunez and we sell him for you know, 37. Sell, sell him on to United next summer. Um, no, if we keep Cody Gakpo, we'll keep moving. Harvey Elliott. Um, I'd be more inclined to loan him out because of his age. But again, you've got to pick the right one. See, like you even mentioned Brentford for Curtis Jones. I wouldn't. Because if they go back to playing the three-five-two, I don't see him playing central midfield for them. In a, in a Brighton, I could see him playing any of the the roles of the attacking mids in the four-two-three-one that deserve is mostly using. But Brentford, I don't see Jones playing as one of their three centre mids. Jones over Jensen. Sorry, I'd have him over Jensen. I mean, I think he's a better player than them. I think he's a better player than Vitaly Janel, but they're just completely different. I just don't think that. I don't quite think that those midfield types suit but that, what he is. But that, Jana, that Jensen role is last year's Ericsson role. It's meant to be more attacking. Jensen's just not capable of being attacking because they've got Norgard and Janelt to do the dog work in there. And Jensen's, he's a decent player, but he's a bit of a nothing player in a lot of games. I think Curtis could bring a nice link between midfield and attack for them. And obviously off the ball, it would be what he's used to or what he used to be used to before. Maybe he got injured because we stopped running as much. <laughs> it's a strange one. Um, Harvey Elliott, though, what you said loan. I, again, I think if you find the right team, then I would consider the loan there. Maybe <clears throat> maybe like, I was going to say Crystal Palace, but I think, again, you, you're probably looking at too many of that kind there at that club. It would need to be somewhere. Anyway. I think it needs to be somewhere with a few older players around him. Like, let's say Leicester, for example, if Rodgers departed and they bring in a new manager, I think he could play quite an important role there because they're going to lose Tielemans, for example. They you know, may well lose Madison in the end. I think there's a couple of roles there he could fill. In the four-one-four-one. they were playing. Madison's right-sided but very, very advanced, creative sort of role. I could see Harvey Elliott doing that, for example. But, you know. It could be a mess. It could be a terrible manager. It could be a system swap. It could be a car crash all around. So it's a, it's a very difficult player to pick who you want him to go on loan for, especially since at the minute, the role he's playing for us, if that's his long-term role, he, he's got quite a long runway to, to, to get to where he needs to be at the minute. I could see him at Leicester on the right of a midfield four with, you know, if they, if they were to go back to doing that four-one-four-one that they used to play, Harvey on the right, Harvey Barnes on the left. Um, Ndidi as the six, Dewsbury Hall and whoever they bring in to replace Tielemans or Madison, or maybe Madison stays. That would be fun. Ndidi as the sitter and then Elliot, Madison, Dewsbury Hall and Barnes. That wouldn't be a bad, a bad setup. Pats and Daka as the nine. Sort out your centre backs. James Justin and Luke Thomas as your full backs. Get a real goalkeeper. That wouldn't be bad. I'd sell him. Because I don't think he's a Jurgen Klopp player. And I know Klopp likes him, but he's too small and he's too slow. Doesn't fit in a midfield three. He doesn't fit in a front three. 
if we play flat four in midfield, he can play right side. But you're only really using his energy there. You're not getting a whole lot out of him on the ball. You mentioned Palace. I mean, if Michael Elise was to leave, then I could see him being a fit there. But honestly, I think if I got 25 million, I'd probably take it. I know that's going to be unpopular because, you know, he's a young lad, but I just don't see how he fits at Liverpool in the long term. And he's not the only one. Loan would be preference, but I think if the if the right offer came in, I would sell him. Let's move on. Diogo Jota, his name has been mentioned by a few people as one that they think maybe might leave in the summer. I don't see it, and I think he'll stay, and I wouldn't sell him. Because I think as a fourth or fifth attacker, I think he's got great value. I think he's a really good option off the bench. He's a really good option as a squad player. The injuries are a bit of a bit of a concern, for sure. But I, I'd keep him without question. Yeah, I'd be fine keeping him or I'd sell if there was a big bid. I think it's fair that he might be one of the players in the squad who could attract quite a big bid, to mm-hmm. be fair, because he's not first choice. He's 26, you know, that's a really good age to be bringing in a, a forward. If you're, let's say, a team who is just outside the Champions League or even in the Champions League and trying to establish yourself, I think he's a very, very good potential addition. But I would be wanting serious money for him. Like, Yeah, yeah, definitely. You want to be making a hefty profit on what we paid. And he's he's done a new contract as well, so he, he's under, under our control for a long time. Uh, Costas Simicus. Same. I'm happy to keep him as the backup, but if there's a you know a 25 bid, then I'm I'm thinking about it. Easy sell for me. Easy sell. 15 to 20 million. Easy sell. Uh, Calvin Ramsey. I think you just have to keep him because he he needs an opportunity and he's so young. Is there any point in talking about him? If there's a loan to go somewhere useful, maybe. But again, that's going to depend then on bringing in another right back. Bringing in a grown-up. Whether or not we sold Gomez earlier in the conversation, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Luis Diaz. Keep. Keep, absolutely. Andrew Andy Robertson. Keep. Unless Teo gives me the eyebrows. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the same. Like... Robbo is 28, he'll be 29 by the season's end. I still think he's got at least two really good seasons left in him. He loves it. He's not the type that'll ever cause much in terms of trouble. I think he brings a bit of leadership to the squad. I think he brings an edge to the squad as well. So, yeah, Andy Robertson definitely one to keep. Darwin Nunes. Probably keep him. Fabio Carvalho. Yeah, see, I'd I'd loan him as well um, because I, I again and again if if we got a really good offer like if let's say Benfica turned around and said oh we'll we'll give you fifteen to twenty million for him I'd take it because again I think he's really talented I just don't know I don't know how he fits he's a second striker we don't play with one of them now. If we were to commit to going 4-4-2 and Mo was the second striker and we were to say, well, Carvalho is the backup to Mo, then great. Absolutely. I'm on board. But yeah, I, I'd loan him as well. 
Uh, I think it's an easier fit for him to stay than it is for Harvey, because I do think he can do a job on the left of the front three. He does have a decent bit of pace. Um, Arthur Mello, buy or send home? I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. (laughs) This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. <laughs> Are you actually asking me? I just want your opinion on it. <laughs> I didn't really want him in the first place, so we'll <laughs> let him go back to you. Right. Um, Joel Matip. I'd be open to a sale. Yeah, I'm selling as well. I, you know, if, if it's not going to be, I don't know what, let's say if it's not going to be 15 million, I don't think I would sell because it's by not the time you reinvest that to someone else, they're not going to be at his level or they've got to, you know, reintegrate into the team or get better or blah, blah, blah. So it's it's a, Sell if he wants, or the, there's a really good offer, but not one I'd be pushing at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. His age, his contract situation, I might look, look around and see if anyone is interested. But you'd have to get a decent fee for him because otherwise, it's just not going to be worthwhile. Um, Nat Phillips, sell absolutely. Sell two years ago, absolutely. Sell for whatever you can get. Um, you'd stop asking people for silly money for Nat Phillips. He's a he's an eight million pound centre back. Uh, this one's a bit tough. Queeving Kelleher, not for me. Keep him as long as he's happy to stay. See, that's that's the thing. If he's happy to stay, absolutely keep. If he's not, I I do think you have to grant him his wish and let him go. And the hints are that he does want to go and play. Whether that's a loan or a permanent, I don't know, but it is what it is. I'd like to keep him. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think this is an easy one. Stays. Stays, absolutely. Reese Williams, currently on loan at Blackpool. Completely forgot. Sell? Yes. <laughs> uh, Sepp Vandenberg, currently on loan at Schalke, but out with a rather nasty-looking ankle injury. Um, a few people have told me that he's played quite well. He was doing all right at Preston, but he was doing all right at Preston, and he was doing all right at Schalke, and neither of those two, I would say, are high up on my watching list, so I don't really know. Uh, if there's an offer, uh, I will therefore sell in ignorant bliss. I think I'd keep him as a fifth centre-back. I, I quite like what I've seen. Now, again, it's it, like you say, it's Preston. 
and it's a Schalke team that are pathetic. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, and lastly then, Marcelo Pitaluga. I think that's an easy keep, isn't it? Yeah, loan, I guess, and try and mm. get him a bit more senior game time, I suppose. Right, our man has a question. What would be the offer that would come in for Trent that you would consider a sale, is how I'll word it? Or would there be a price? Uh, um, £120 million. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I'm not going any lower than that. Right. And it's not necessarily all because of his quality, obviously. There's other things at play here. Yeah, his age, the fact that he's homegrown. Like, he's he's not homegrown. He's academy-grown. He's one of our own. He's potentially a future club captain. Um, yeah, I... And I suppose, also, if you do replace him, more than likely his replacement is going to actually play more during the course of the season because, you know, they'll get international games. Yeah, that's also true. That's also true. You do have the benefit of Trent... Uh, being a retired international at the ripe old age of 24. Uh, right, so you're selling Joe Gomez, Joel Matip at the right price, Nat Phillips, Reese Williams, you're loaning Elliot and Carvalho, you're dismissing Arthur Mello, and you're letting go James Milner, Oxley chamberlain Nabi Keita. Is there anyone else? No, I'm keeping. I'm keeping Ox. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give him a big hug and make him sign that one year extension. Okay. So I'm keeping two, learning two, and releasing two. Sorry, selling two, learning two, and releasing two. Yeah, and letting Arthur go far, far away. You're actually selling four. Well, yeah, those other ones don't count. <laughs> right, I'm selling Gomez. Saying goodbye to Bobby. Saying goodbye to Milner, to Ox, to Nabby. I'd sell Henderson in a heartbeat, but nobody's going to want him, so he, he's staying. I'd loan Curtis Jones. I'd loan Harvey, but if I got a really good offer, I think I'd take it. I'm definitely selling Costas. Carvalho's in the same boat as Elliot. Goodbye, Arthur Mello. I would sell Joel Matip at the right price. Definitely selling Nat Phillips. I'm definitely selling Reese Williams. Because what what on earth are we doing? Nat Phillips is twenty five years of age. He will be twenty six in March. Why is he still at the club? Like it's not good for anybody, including him. His career is being hijacked. By by a mad German man, um, yeah, I I think there's a lot that needs to be done here, Carl. I think there's like there's not just midfielders. Like we we need. I think we need to be looking to upgrade our depth at centre back. Potentially get get more. Liverpool-type centre-backs, big monsters, big physical monsters, more Virgils, more Eboos. Joel obviously is big, but he's not the most physical player in the world. Joe Gomez is small for Jurgen Klopp centre-back. I would be be absolutely doing that. Um, You're looking for a new third-choice keeper unless one of the youngsters is ready to do it. 
I'd be changing the backup left back and getting someone who potentially can really push Robbo and maybe replace him in a couple of years. I'd be completely gut- completely gutting the midfield. Absolutely gutting it. Because I just think it's 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 dreadful. It is dreadful. And I'd happily say goodbye to them all. Even, like, even with Jones, if the right offer came in, I'd sell him. But even Thiago, like, there's no one midfielder, not one single midfielder at our club that we can look at and go, perfect. Not one. We've got 11 to 12 of them. And not one <laughs> of them, not one of them, you can just go, yeah, great. Happy days. No need to worry with him. You know, you look around at other clubs and they've got loads of them that they can just be delighted with. We've got Thiago. He's brilliant, but what if he gets injured? We've got Fabinho. Gets injured a fair bit. Looks to be declining. And all the rest of them are either crap, not midfielders, out of contract in a few months, or stagnated. So... How has this been allowed to happen? I blame Pep and Linders. I don't care. There's no logical <laughs> I mean, reason for me to blame him. No logical reason at all. But I'm blaming him anyway. I think, again, a lot of the problem with no perfect midfielder that you've said there is the fact that we have no perfect midfield way of playing. That's the real issue here. Like We might well have two perfect midfielders, but we don't know because they're not playing in the way that lets us be a perfect midfield team anymore. And this is, for me, the fundamental thing that needs to be fixed. We absolutely have to find a better way of playing out of possession, a better way of defending the space up the pitch, recovery positions, blah, 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 everything that we've we've gone over about 600 times this season. It honestly astounds me that we have not fixed very, very basic things so far. Like it would obviously come at the extent of some attacking thing or some build-up play or whatever, but you can't just continue to concede the amount of chances that we have done. It's ridiculous. And so until we fix that, I think it's absurd that we're even in the market for midfielders, to be honest. You can't just have you know, this one fixed idea in your mind that we're going to play this way, regardless of whether the players we're picking every week are capable of doing it, and then eventually we'll sign someone who we think that would fit that role perfectly. That just can't be the way it's done. But that is the way it's being done under the new, the new overlord, our new Dutch master, or according to Sam Wallace. Anyway. Look, the bottom line is that the book stops at Jurgen Klopp. Simple as that. Like, everything that's currently wrong with the playing side of the club, from recruitment down to coaching to whatever, it all is Jurgen Klopp's fault. All of it. Because he is the one with the power, ultimately. And if he is giving some of that power to other people, he needs to take it back. Like, there was an article, I don't know if you saw it in The Athletic, not that long ago, I think it was by Simon Hughes, and it was about the kind of medical side and, and of the club and the absolute chaos that has gone on in that regard in the last couple of years with conflicting egos and a power struggle between one group and another and Andreas Kornmeyer, who's obviously a Klopp loyalist, having gobbled up some power. Like, it was quite a hard-hitting piece on on him. And now we're seeing this 
narrative slash reporting on Linders. And it, it, you do just wonder, are these guys in Klopp's ear and have they have they moved him in a direction that isn't what he wants? It isn't, well, isn't what he, he's, you know, actually good at. It is concerning. It's I think it's very concerning. And Ali, if you ever suggest that Declan Rice signs Liverpool again, I will have you banned. I will I will have you banned, my friend, and I will block you on Twitter as well. Um, <laughs> oh, how did this happen, Carl? How did we go less than three years ago? Less than three years ago, we were the best team on the planet. And now we're looking at a situation where our team has no fixed identity, no defined way of playing, or at least no good defined way of playing, no pressing, no power in midfield, no work rate in midfield outside of Thiago and Fab, and Naby when he's allowed to play. Our defence has lost that, that dominant fear factor that they once held. I, I don't know. I don't know how it happened. Like, mentality midgets is what I would describe them as. Because now, I used to say to you that Arsenal under Arteta, when they got slapped in the face, would cower in the corner. And we're sort of the team that cowers in the corner now. And I don't know how that's happened. I don't know how it's been allowed to happen. I know how it's happened. I know how it's happened. Kovacic and Saul both left Madrid and we didn't get either of them. <laughs> Nobody listens to us. You know what it is? We've fixed all the other teams and everyone's gone and listened to us and done that for their team instead of ours. We've, we've just, had a, we've just had a Nigel Quasi <laughs> reference in the chat, which I think is just magnificent. It's the, the greatest thing that's ever happened on Anfield Index and in the Discord channel. Uh, right, last thing before we go, because it's been uh, reported as well. I can't. I'm not sure, I don't think it was in the Sam Wallace piece. Maybe it was, but I saw someone else reported for, is it iPaper? Is that the name of it? Um, that Liverpool have an interest in Teun Koopminers, the Dutch midfielder playing for Atalanta. I like him as a player, but I do think he'd be a bit of a poor fit into what we have now. I don't think he would solve any of the issues, and I think he'd, quite, he'd probably exacerbate a few of them. It may just be a bit of lazy journalism where there's a suggestion that Linders has control, so let's link some Dutch players because they just signed a Dutch player. Uh, thoughts on him and thoughts on how he fits? I like Tim Koopmanis very much. He doesn't fit. No, no, he just doesn't. He just doesn't fit. The only way Tim Koopminers fits Liverpool is if we do go to a double pivot midfield and he's allowed to be a sort of half-roaming ball winner. But then you still have a defensive midfielder beside and behind him. And again, that leaves out no real playmaking that, type, no real midfield, ball progressor, no real Thiago, no nothing. That defensive so. midfielder can't be Fabinho. It has to be someone that's no. super mobile. Like it, Yes, and probably more It needs to be than, like the next N'Golo Kante. Because they're going to have to do a whole lot of running. Um, I just, it's it's just. I think it's probably just you know journalists putting two two, two and two together and getting five. I, I I don't believe we're actually going to 
consider signing uh, Town Coop Miners as good and all as he is. I just I just don't see it. Maybe if we played a back three, you could slot him in in the middle of, this, of a back three. But other than that, I, I wouldn't want him near the club. Um, yeah, is there anything else we wanted to hit today before we go? A few people, but I suppose that can wait. Pep and Linda's come outside. Maybe not. Um, right. Man. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I want to see a hatchet piece from the Independent in the next couple of days, Carl. Hatchet piece. Let me have it. <clears throat> Speaking of hatchet pieces, I wonder what James Pierce thinks of it all. Um, that'll do us. We will be back next week. We'll probably do another one before we do the one for Brighton. Um, we won't be doing one for Wolves because, you know, best of cup competition. Uh, there will be a Raw for the Wolves game. It'll be hosted by Guy uh, with assorted guests. It, it won't be me. I won't be Trev, I assume. Two alarms. The B team will be out for the cup. Um, yeah, and that's it. Carl, thank you very much. It, enjoy the last day of your, your stay in Spain. Is it tomorrow you fly back? It is, it's tomorrow. Back to the nice, lovely weather of London. Back to what is apparently an inability to escape Gatwick Airport because there's no transport out of it, but that would oh, be Oh, that's magnificent. That is absolutely magnificent. It's like when you couldn't get buses during the um, during the World Cup. Um, well, listen, at least your weather is going to be better than mine, where I looked at my weather app yesterday while it was raining and had been raining for pretty much two days solid and it informed me that it's due to rain every single day until next Wednesday (laughs) every single day but at least it means it won't freeze because the overnight temperatures are kind of four and five degrees so I'll take that over over the uh, the frozen roads so uh, yeah there we go we'll see you next time bye bye we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.